on episode 467 of Nintendo Switchcraft, mobile games are the future, unfortunately, but it isn't all doom and gloom. There's hope. Pokemon Home has a price. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Hi, this is Ralph, and you're listening to Bill, Mr. Forgetful himself, getting distracted by shiny things on Nintendo Switchcraft. Welcome back to Switchcraft. It is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, except, of course, this Wednesday, because right now it's late Wednesday, and I did not get a chance to record earlier. I had a million things to do, like literally a million. I had a million things to do. I was running all over the place, and that meant that the show got delayed, and I apologize for that. But it's now. It's happening. It's not live. I'm recording this. It's always weird when I record the show without Twitch chat. Like, it gives me somebody to talk to. So I very much appreciate uh, how much easier this is when I have people watching over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. It just makes the show easier to make. Anyway, um, on Saturdays, I record the show that is all about what you want me to talk about. So if you've got ideas, if you've got things that you think I've missed throughout the week, questions that you want me to answer, or just ideas for general discussion, uh, get a hold of me. Use the hashtag on Twitter, AskRJS, uh, or there is an AskRJS channel in our community Discord server, which you can join over at uh, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like Tony P. Henderson. Thank you very much, Con Mom. Uh, and uh, get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar, just like Tony P. did by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Now, before we get into the Nintendo news, I've got something that I ordered months ago, and I got the shipping notification months ago. Well, it seems like months ago. Eh, Maybe it was months ago. It was a really, really long time since I got the shipping notification and it arrived today, and I still have yet to 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 try it out and uh, use it. But here it is right here. If you're watching the YouTube video, then you can see that I'm holding up a Pocket Go. It's still in the box. I have not taken it out of the box yet. I can't wait to uh, check this out and uh, play some old retro games on it. And um, if, if you are interested... In what the Pocket Go is like, uh, look forward to me making a video about it on my YouTube channel, which you can find over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. All right, with that all out of this out of the way, let's talk about mobile games. Um, Nintendo makes a lot of money from mobile games, and I, I was actually, I, I can't believe how much it makes. Um, so Nintendo has now crossed the 1 billion, that's billion with a B, $1 billion in revenue from just its mobile games. These are the games that are on Android and iOS. This comes to us from, uh, theverge.com who is reporting from a website called sensor tower. I guess I should have gone directly to the original source sensor tower, but, um, most of the money comes from Fire Emblem Heroes, which 
does not surprise me due to its business model. And for Nintendo to be making this much money from that monetization model, that makes me very, very nervous. That makes me exceedingly nervous. I mean, look, we've already seen the results of this monetization model doing so well. Let me explain exactly what what is happening here. So if you are unaware about what Fire Emblem Heroes is, it's a game that you can play on your uh, iOS device or your Android device. And it's kind of like a Fire Emblem game, but just pared down to the barest essentials for the combat. Like they take a lot of the uh, high level stuff out of it. It's fairly simple, simplified. I don't want to say simple, but it's simplified uh, compared to something like Three Houses. And the the way that they, it's a free to, they like to call them free to start games. It's a free to play game, uh, meaning that you can play it essentially forever without ever paying any money if you want to. And that's what uh, people always say about it uh, is that, hey, Bill, because I, I complain about this stuff from time to time. And uh, I always get somebody who emails me or sends in a tweet and ask RJS is the best way to do that. Um, And they'll say, Bill, I've been playing Fire Emblem Heroes since it came out every day since it came out. And I have never once felt the urge to to spend money on it. And and if if that's you, then that's perfectly fine. That's okay. And sure enough, I'm sure that there are many people out there that do that. But I don't like gotcha. If you don't know what gotcha is, gotcha, and it's not spelled it's not spelled G O T C H A like ah I gotcha. It's um gotcha. It's actually short for gotcha pawn, which is G A C H A. All right, gotcha pawn are these toys that you can get in vending machines, usually in grocery stores. I guess they're very very popular in Japan, where you go up to like a little vending machine. When I was a kid, you would put in like a quarter, you would turn the knob and out would pop a little tiny toy in a plastic bubble. And if you ask me, that is gambling. And that is exactly what uh, Fire Emblem Heroes is. It is a game that is centered around gotcha, where you spend in-game items like currency, which you can buy with real money in order to unlock characters, and those characters are randomized in order to keep people going back for more over and over and over again. And Nintendo is making buckets of cash with Fire Emblem Heroes, and we've already seen the results of that. And those results are that Nintendo then made Mario Kart for uh, iOS and Android, which had that gotchapon mechanic as well. So it's a mechanic that I don't like. Is it okay for them to make it? I mean, I guess so. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play those games because I don't like the monetization model. I find the monetization model to be predatory. And I think it's much better when Nintendo uh, does the right thing, even though they kind of get bit for doing the right thing. And if you're curious, what are you talking about the right thing? Rewind back to uh, when Nintendo first made a a game for iOS and Android. That very first game was Super Mario Run. 
you know, they they uh, Apple was up on stage. They were giving their their um, keynote for the new iPhone or whatever it was. And out came Shigeru Miyamoto, and he was like, look at this. We made a Super Mario game for iOS, and it's coming to Android soon, and here's what it plays like. And it looked really cool, and it was really cool. And how much did you have to spend for it? You had to spend $10 for it, but you could try it for free. You could try the game and pay absolutely nothing. And then if you really, really liked the game, then you could pay money to play that game continued. How much money? $10. Wait a second. So $10 is a subscription? No. $10 gets you the whole game and forever. Any updates, you would get those too. And for me, somebody who plays traditional games, that seems like a really good deal. But to the people who are uh, using their phones as their main gameplay device, that is a really weird business model. And it was a very unpopular business model. And because of the way iOS is, uh, the apps on iOS are structured, or the the app store is structured on iOS, um, Nintendo took a lot of flack for doing that particular business model. Here's why. In order to review a game, you have to have installed it. So you cannot, um, you can't review the game without installing it, which is great. I think that that's a good idea. Uh, or or an app, not just a game. It works for apps too. Uh, so in order to review an app, you have to have installed it. Well, here's the thing. Everybody could try it for free, which means everybody could get in there and and try it and then say how awful it is without paying the $10 to really unlock the rest of the game. And most of the people looked at it and they said, $10 is way too much for this because they would have rather been nickeled and dimed to, to death and they just wanted to die on that hill so they um, review bombed the hell out of super mario run uh gave it a bunch of one star reviews everybody was hating on it except for the people who are traditional gamers we were all like this is great what's your problem uh and so nintendo quickly learned that on on these devices um, the traditional business model just does not work and, um, you know, it bites you in the, in the rear end. And so they tried something new with their other games. And sure enough, it worked because they went to the model that works the best on that platform, the model that is worst for uh, consumers, the most anti-consumer model that you can have. That's what Nintendo went with. And they have made a billion dollars from it. So... If you're one of those people that reviewed Super Mario Run that way, thank you very much. I'm, You know what? It's good that Nintendo made all that money. I just wish that they had made it making games that I would enjoy. Uh, but hey, if you really like Fire Emblem Heroes, feel free to tell me why I'm wrong. If you really like the gotchapon mechanics, feel free to tell me why I'm wrong. Use the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter. And uh, on the Saturday episode, I'll talk to you all about it. All right, let's take a break. We're going to hear from a sponsor. And then after that, let's talk about how, guess what? There's hope. Be right back. Which way to go? 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'd like to let you know about 143 Pixels. It is a show all about video games. Every episode I have a guest on. That guest brings a game and we talk about it. And if you like this show, you will probably also enjoy 143 Pixels. You can download it wherever you are listening to this show for free. Head on over to anchor.fm slash 143. That's anchor.fm slash 143. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, Doom Eternal. You know, every time that I read a story about uh, predatory monetization models, I just wish that there was another story right afterwards to tell me that, no, Bill, everything's going to be okay. And this story made me feel okay. This, this is great. This is some fantastic news. Big thank you to id Software for doing the right thing. And uh, here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. It uh, This comes from, to us from PC Gamer uh, website, and it says Doom Eternal won't have microtransactions or an in-game store, and you can still get cosmetics for your character, although I don't really get why you would bother because you can't see your character. It's a first-person game, but that's okay. Uh, you just spend XP. That is really cool. I really, really like this because these days, most games, uh, they have these predatory monetization models, not necessarily the gotcha pawn system that uh, that we're talking about in uh, uh, in in mobiles, Fire Emblem Heroes or stuff like that. But, you know, any kind of game where you can log in and play and you're usually a game where you are interacting with other people as you are interacting with those other people you kind of want to have a character that looks cool. So people end up spending real world money on uh, playing dress up for their characters. And you know what? I've done it in the past. I've been playing. There, there was a game that I used to play all the time called Guild Wars 2. It was a buy to play game. So you buy the game, you play it, no subscription fee. It's an MMO, right? And, you know, I played this game for hours upon hours upon hours uh, for a long time, I and I have I was having a lot of fun with that game. So every once in a while, they would make a cool costume or a cool skin for your character, and the only way to 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 buy it would be on the item shop where you have to pay money for it. And I would say, you know what, that looks pretty cool. I play this game a lot. I'm okay throwing some money at them, and that really doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me. Um. What, what does bother me is when that stuff goes into a loot box 
and now I'm I'm paying money to get a box and I open up the box and I may or may not get the thing that I want. That bothers me. Uh, but neither of those things are happening in Doom Eternal. They don't have any microtransactions. The Doom that they are selling you is the Doom that you're going to get. And I think that that is awesome. Now, does that mean that we're not going to have any DLC for it? I don't think that that means that at all. Microtransactions to me... Uh, are something that's more akin like uh, here's these little tiny things that you can buy to uh, uh, make your game a little bit more for you. Something that you will like a little bit better. Maybe it's a a cool looking gun. Uh, Here's the thing. Sometimes developers will be really slimy about it and they will make a game where they balance things around the loot that you will end up paying for. So here, here's an example, and not, not a specific game, but an example. Um, the, the, the developers have balanced the game around the loot in the game, right? And then the developers start making other weapons or something that you can use, or maybe some armor that you can use that is a little more powerful. How do we incentivize our players to use to buy that stuff. Well, we make the game a little bit harder, not so hard that it's impossible without the gear, but just hard enough to make it so that people say, well, if I just spend $5 on this cool gun, not only will it look really cool, but then I'll be able to beat that boss that I was having trouble with. That is bad news. And quite often, microtransactions lead to that. That's kind of what killed um, Battlefield 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, sorry. Uh, That game is awesome, by the way. But when it launched, uh, there was a whole big to-do about this idea uh, that it was a pay-to-win game where you could pay money to get this stuff to be more powerful than the other players. Everybody fought back against that. EA backed off and they said, sorry, we'll just make it all cosmetic stuff. And it's a fantastic game that had a horrible launch and you can get it super cheap now. Uh, It's a really, really good game, but it almost completely failed because of the predatory uh, monetization models. Well, I'm very happy to say that uh, that Doom is not falling into that trap. And I find it uh, very heartening that id Software, which is a company that I believe is owned by Bethesda, and Bethesda's been known recently to do some not so... They've been doing some shady stuff, okay? I believe id Software is owned by Bethesda, or at least maybe they're like both owned by the same company or something like that. Um It just surprises me that id Software is going this route, and I think that it's fantastic news. So there is hope for the industry after all. Even though Nintendo is making a billion dollars on their mobile games, uh, some developers are still doing, uh, uh, making their games with a monetization model that is good for the customer, at least good for me as a customer. You may disagree with me. Let me know. Ask RJS. All right. Um, this was actually pretty interesting. Ring Fit Adventure is kind of a cool little game. I remember watching that, <laughs> watching that first commercial, 
that commercial was a nightmare. I can't believe how well that Ring Fit Adventure is doing with the weirdo um, robotic wooden acting that was happening in the ad for Ring Fit Adventure. And if you don't remember that, just Google it. You're going to, when you watch it, you're going to be like, what is wrong with these people? I mean, I swear to you, it seemed like the director told the actors, listen, I want you to pretend that you are an alien trying to convince humans to do something that they don't want to do. And you're dressed as a human. All right. Action. Like that's what I, that's what it felt like. My wife, when, when I showed it to her, she said, I think that they're faking. I think that they're trying to be awkward. And that's a possibility too. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is how well Ring Fit Adventure is doing. Not uh, not so much in the US, although it's doing pretty well in the US. In Japan, it is it is just killing it. It sold this week uh January 20th through January 26th. It sold this week more copies than Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now, first off, I don't know if you're aware, but Ring Fit Adventure is more expensive than Pokemon Sword and Shield. So a lot of people would look at that and say, wow, Ring Fit Adventure is the new hotness. Pokemon Sword and Shield must be a terrible game. You know, people who are angry or don't like a certain thing, they will always grab a hold of anything that says something bad about that one thing, and they'll say, ah, see, you see, I told you it was bad. I told you. And anything that they like, they'll do the opposite. See, I told you it was awesome. I don't know why you weren't listening to me. I don't know if I do that. I try not to. But here's what I think is going on with Pokemon Sword and Shield. What I think is going on is that for for Pokemon Sword and Shield, most of the people who are going to buy it, they bought it on day one. Most of the people who bought that game or who planned on buying it bought it right away. I know I didn't, but that's because I was waiting for Christmas. You know, I was waiting to 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 uh, give it to my son for Christmas and, you know, he could pick one and I could pick the other and we could play it. Um, but I think most people bought that on day one because it's a Pokemon game. Pokemon games sell huge day one. And Ring Fit Adventure is not something that people were waiting around for. Ring Fit Adventure is something that is is getting more and more uh, word of mouth buzz. And you know what? I got to play it. I got I bought the damn thing. I got the ring. You can't see it, but it's hanging up there on the wall just waiting for me to use it. And I played it like twice and I was like, this is kind of cool. It was a little heavy on the legs the first day like I was oh my god I had trouble walking because it was so much leg work and there was very little upper body stuff but I've heard that if you play that game and you just do like the mini games and you don't bother with the story it's a much better workout and it's also more balanced because you get to decide what you want to work on so I need to give that another shot maybe get rid of some of this Christmas weight that happened uh, uh you know with all the eating and stuff you know by the way, I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but in our uh, Discord, our community Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, there is a channel called Get Healthy Together. And if you haven't joined that already, join it, get in there, get some motivation from your fellow nerds and help motivate others as they try and make themselves healthier. Uh, so uh, it's a great channel and it's filled with uh, awesome people saying awesome things that help motivate each other. All right. 
we are running out of time. Um, real quick, I, I thought that I had already talked about this, but I guess not because the, I hadn't opened up this tab yet. But uh, uh, Byleth is now in Smash Brothers. I mean, I know I talked about the the Sakurai thing where he showed it off, but uh, version 7.0.0 of um, Smash Brothers Ultimate is now available. Uh, you can update it. And it's going to give you the following features. They have spirits for Edelgard, Dimitri, Claude, Sothis, Rhea, uh, Sedeth, Dorothea, Ingrid, and Hilda. And these are Fire Emblem characters. Um, they also have more spirits that I don't want to talk about. They in- included... Uh, they. I'm sorry. They put Byleth in the Challenger pack. You can now get the Cubhead hat for outfits for your Amiibo. Uh, you can also get the Altair hood for your amiibo stuff, you can get a rabbit's hat, a Mega Man.exe helmet and armor for your amiibo, and then X's helmet and armor uh, for your amiibo. You know, I haven't loaded it up yet. I got my Switch right here, and I'm going to tell you why I haven't loaded it up yet. And it's because right now I am stuck on the last boss of 140, which is a fantastic game. It is so cool. But um, I don't want to shut it off. I can't save the game. Like, you get to checkpoints and it saves then. But I can't save the game and I'm on the last boss. And so I'm not playing anything else until I beat that boss. Because that game, 140, is awesome. I had so much fun with it. Really, really good game. So make sure that you check that out. Oh, and since we're talking about uh, three-digit numbers, 140... Make sure that you check out my uh, my other podcast, 143 Pixels. It's currently on hiatus right now between seasons, uh, but season one has 10, uh, I think, really, really solid episodes of me interviewing people about their favorite games that they just absolutely love. Uh, 10, uh, 10 episodes are out, and uh, the new season starts up February... Uh, uh, a date in the future. I can't remember what date it is, so uh, you're just going to have to wait. But sometime in February, the new season is coming. I'm still editing some stuff for that, so make sure that you subscribe. And if you don't know where that is, go to runjumpstomp.com slash shows. Or if you want to go directly to it, then anchor.fm slash 143. All right. Moving on. Uh, we've got two more quick things to talk about today. Actually... Oh man, I don't know if I can fit both in. Uh, let's let's talk about Tetris 99. I love Tetris 99. That game is fantastic. It's really really good. If you have Nintendo Switch Online, then you have access to Tetris 99, and it is the best Tetris game in my opinion. Now I I've only played a little. I like I think I played a demo for the Tetris Experience, which is this. I mean I didn't have the VR headset, so I couldn't try it like that. But uh, on the PS4, there was this Tetris game. Was it Tetris Experience? Now I can't remember the name of it. I didn't plan on talking about it, so I didn't look it up. Let me know what that is. You can get a hold of me, Ask RJS, Or if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, leave a message in the comments below. Let me know what that Tetris game is. Tetris Experience, I think. Uh, anyway, I played the demo for that. Tetris 99 is infinitely better. It is Battle Royale Tetris. It is awesome. It is incredibly fun. And they are having the next Tetris Maximus Cup where you can 
earn points uh, in order by by winning or, you know, by lasting longer than other people in the, uh, you know, you don't have to win. You don't like have to get a Tetris Maximus in order to win. All you have to do is just play the game for a little while and you'll earn enough points to unlock these new themes and the themes look really cool and have awesome music. Well, uh, it's it's happening uh, when is it happening? Um, 11 p.m. Pacific time on January 30th, uh, and it runs through uh, 11 p.m. Pacific time, February 3rd. So this weekend. So there's a new Tetris Maximus Cup this weekend, and if you want to unlock the theme, which is based around the Lunar New Year, then you got to play this weekend. And if you didn't know how it works, is basically you play the game, if you're in like the first 50, like if you come in um, like 99th place through 50th place, then you get like two points. And I could be wrong about the exact points. But then if you come in 50th place through 40th place, you get X number of points and so on and so on. And if you get first place, you get 100 points. Okay. Well, you have to earn 100 points overall. So even if you lose... Every even if you come in absolute last place every single game, I think the most number of games that you would have to play is like fifty games, and nobody's going to come in last place every single time unless they're trying to. So most likely, I think that I've always done it in about ten games. I usually can get it done in about ten games, and I unlock the theme, and then you can select the themes that you like. But uh, it's this weekend. Make sure that you check it out. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Tetris 99, and I think that if you played it, you will be too. All right, real quick, you know what? Mm, I wanted to talk about Pokemon Home, and I put the uh, I, I put the at the end of my show notes for some idiot reason. I really should have put it sooner in because I talked a lot about a, a bunch of other stuff, and we're running up on a half hour. So what I'm going to do is this is going to be the first thing that I talk about on Friday's episode. Uh, so make sure that you tune into that. Uh, we've got prices for for Pokemon Home. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think about that and what about the features that I, I think about that. That'll be in Friday's episode. Uh, I hate to do like a, a teaser like that, but we don't have enough time for me to really get into it with uh, all of the thoughts that I have about it. Anyway, uh, let's get out of here. It's it's enough. You've heard, you've had enough of me talking, haven't you? Become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. There's over a thousand people in that discord. Make sure that you join us. We've got some really awesome people in there. Uh, and you know, when I do the show live, make sure that you watch the show live, go to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Even if you don't know, if you can watch the show live, just go there and hit the follow button. It looks like a little heart. And then next time I go live, you'll know, it'll give you a little bloop on your, on your uh, device. It goes bing when there's stuff. Um, Get a hold of me uh, through Twitter at RunJumpStomp and use the hashtag AskRJS. And uh, finally, before I get out of here, this show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information about their shows, make sure that you head on over to GSTU.net. All right, I'm out of here. The music that you're hearing right now is Carnarius Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. See you later. Bye-bye.
Mm. Mm-hmm.